What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 24, the Mamba episode, the Black Mamba, Kobe. That's right. You guys know what to do, man. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me, I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know how I like to get along with this thing, man. I like to give my positivity at the top because let's be honest, some of y'all are not going to make it to the end. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody. But before you go, give me three listens for 15 minutes. We're about to have 24 shows out. You pick any three that you want. And I promise you, if you give me three listens, any show that you want for 15 minutes, you might just like me. You might, you might be hooked to old Jay Holly. Jay Holly might bring you, it might reel you in. If this is your first time being here, welcome. This show ain't for everybody. If you got thin skin, this might not be the show. If you're a homer, this might not be the show. It's your show. Just, just, just stay for a little while. Don't, don't get too comfortable, but stay for a little while. All right, man. You guys know how I like to get down. I'm going to give you my motivation at the top. I think today's very simple. Uh, I think, and, and I hope this applies to everybody. Maybe not you deadbeat guys or women, but to everybody. And today's motivation is simply like this. Your job is not your life. Now understand what I'm saying. This is not Jay Holly telling y'all don't work. This is not Jay Holly telling y'all don't make a living. This is not Jay Holly telling y'all to sit back and collect unemployment. This is me telling you that your job is not your life. You're supposed to work. That is, that's biblical. You're supposed to work, especially you men. But far often, far too often, we, we begin to, we begin to become slaves to our jobs and they begin to affect us mentally Physically, emotionally, psychologically. Those PTO days that you got, those paid time off days, take them. That's why you have them. When you feel a little bit sick, take the sick days. And I'll give you an interesting story about myself. As someone who, if you truly know who I am, I am all for work. Uh, some may call me a workaholic at times. Some may say that Jesse, you know, three jobs, four jobs, Jess. And some of it might be true. But the one thing I want, the one of the things that catapulted me into doing what I'm doing today was being fired, was being fired. And for, for me, it was one of the best firings that ever happened in my life. It was the push that I needed off the ledge. But I then asked myself, why did it take that? Because during that time, at that specific, that specific job, I had a mental, emotional breakdown. I went into a deep depression. And when I came out of it, that very job that I gave early mornings to, late nights to, all my time, energy, and efforts over and above the beyond the call of duty. When I went out, I, was, I wasn't treated like a human being. I was treated as just another key cog, key cog in the thing that kept everything moving. And I realized while I was laying in the hospital a portion of that time, that nothing stopped. Nothing stopped. Everyone continued to move. Everyone continued to do what they felt was best for them. While I laid there helplessly, while I laid there in a the hospital, while I laid in my home, some people called. Some even checked on me. A lot didn't. A lot didn't. And I realized at that point in time, if I died that day, all they would give my family is 
thoughts and prayers. That's it. That's all they'll give your family. They may send a nice bouquet of flowers. They may send a nice card. But after a week, maybe two weeks, if you have a family, children, a spouse, whatever, the calls will stop. They'll stop checking up. They'll stop bringing the meals by. They'll stop making sure everything is good. And those same bosses that you slaved and gave your entire life to will get back to business. So understand, jobs are important. Making money is important. It's, it's, it's a resource. It's not your source. Just know that if something is wrong with you, take the time. If nothing is wrong with you, take the time. Don't allow yourself to work so hard and for so long that you have nothing left of self to give to your family, to your friends, to those one that truly love you. You can always find another job. Can't find another Jesse. Can't find another you. Don't let your job be your life. Don't let your job take your life because they'll hire somebody else in 10 business days. You think you're that important. I've always was told when I was in the National Football League, understand, the name on the back of your jersey is stitched on. And the minute they cut you, they just remove the stitches, pull your name off of the jersey, take the placard off of the locker, and they move on. That's it. That's it. You're not family to them. You're family to your family. Somebody or some people care for you. Don't let your job be your life. Use that paid time off. All right? All right, man. Let's dive into this thing, man. Cowboys final preview. Cowboys taking on the L.A. Chargers Monday night football. The Kellen Moore revenge game. Or the Mike McCarvey revenge game. I don't know. But somebody's going to look to come out of this game victorious. The Chargers are coming off a bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are coming off a straight-up backyard whooping by the 49ers. I think they're still licking their wounds. But one thing's for certain, two things for sure, that these two teams will be playing on Monday night, and we will get a chance to see if... The Chargers have kind of figured some things out. They're 2-2, two and two, won two games in a row. Or have the Cowboys begin to unravel at the seams? There are some things that are happening within that organization, some frustrations that we'll talk about, some quotes that we've seen. Some, uh, a lot of people are talking. Ownerships is talking, and general managers are talking, and front office people are talking, and players are talking, and everybody's talking about what happened, what's going on. About the offense, about the defense, about players, about this, about that. It's a football game that got to be played. At the end of the day, football has to be played. And not just any old football. Because it's just playing football, just showing up for the football game. Get your tail whooped. Go outside and get that switch. There has to be a focus level of football that has to be played. And when you look at the breakdown of these two teams, they both have their, what word do I want to use? They both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. They both have their things that you look at and you go, whew, that can really be a major factor in the football game. They also have their flaws where you can like, whew, you can really attack that thing in the football game. And I'll start with the Cowboys. The Cowboys first to me, and foremost, before they even step on the field, the Cowboys have to have the right mentality, mentally. They have to be at a focus level like they've never been before. And it has something to do with the Niners game, but more so, you're now, you now have to rebound from something. We've all in our lives have kind of looked forward to something, projected to something, and said, boy, I can't wait to that. And then you get to that point, and it's such a letdown. 
The Cowboys were working to this point all offseason, OTAs, minicamp, training camp. I told you guys, they circled week five on their calendar when the schedules came out. And then they get to that, finally get to that point, and what happens? Severe disappointment. Severe disappointment. It leaves you bewildered at times. Because you prepare for this thing. You see a boxer going in the, in the, in the camp, uh, MMA fighter going in the camp, and they have these thoughts and these visions about what's going to happen. Famous words of Mike Tyson is, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. I, no guy walks into the boxing ring. No guy walks into the football field. No guy or girl walks into the MMA ring with the defeat on their mind. They're all thinking that my game plan has been uh, been worked, been practiced, been prepared, and this is the time for me to fully put it on display. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, it's going to work. And then that right hook gets in there. Boop. That kidney shot gets Boop. And now everything that you practice and trained and prepared for goes out the window. It's fight or flight. You're in survival mode. And I think for the Cowboys, they have to figure out in their survival mode, what is it going to look like? What does your rebound look like? Dealing with some injuries. You've already lost Trayvon Diggs for the year. You now add your starting linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh. And while Leighton Vanderesh may not be the most athletic of them all, uh, may not be the biggest talent of them all, the one thing that I can say that Leighton Vanderesh did for this Cowboys, especially defensively, uh, he was... An even-keeled player. Not the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest. But when you have players like when he was healthy, Trayvon Diggs. We all know Trayvon Diggs is a great player, but he also was a gambler. When you have a guy like Micah Parsons, great, great, great player. But if you really know the player that Micah Parsons is, you also know that he is one that doesn't always follow the perfect assignment rules. When you're that athletic, you sometimes think, I can go and do my own thing. Now, it works for him sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. And, and, and LV, LVE was the guy who kind of was, who, who was the neutralizer. Things were calm with him. He wasn't always going to be at the, at the tackle where you needed to be, but he wasn't, you know, it was, it was, he just gave you a sense of consistency. He wasn't going to get out and do things that are, that are outside of his realm of athletic ability. He was the green dot. For those of you that don't know, a quarterback and one person, one, a quarterback on offense and one person on defense gets to get the green dot. The green dot is the helmet that has the microphone in it. That's the person that's relaying the defensive uh, sets every single play. Defensive coordinator calls in the play, calls it into the green dot guy. He now has to put everybody in position to go out there and do what they do. So now that green dot goes from LVE and now has to go to someone else. Will it be Damone Clark? Don't know. And in the past before, it's been J. Ron Curse. Maybe now J. Ron Curse takes over that uh, responsibility of being the green dot, getting guys lined up. But there are some guys on this team who not only had a status in the place of leadership, but also a status in the place of uh, productivity and playmaking ability that need to step back up to that level. It hasn't been that way. Defensively, Micah Parsons has to be that. In the middle, Hankinson. Mozzie Smith, hello. Someone please call 911. Where's Mozzie? First round pick. Specifically brought in because you you the, the Cowboys had an interior problem in stopping the run. Damone Clark, now that LVE is out, you're probably going to take the responsibility of being that middle linebacker, being that guy that has to settle this, this defense out. It's time to show up. The Cowboys, for years, had neglected the safety position. For years. Sandlot, forever. Neglected the safety spot. What did they do? They didn't go get one safety. Nope. They didn't go get two safety. I sound like LeBron. Not one, not two. They went and got three. And paid them. Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson. Some will say two out of the three ain't playing well. Some might say 
three out of the three ain't playing well. Credit, Donovan Wilson has been out with injury. He came back two weeks ago, so he's kind of finding his sea legs. But need a big, need a big week from you guys. Need a big week from you guys. The one guy who has kind of been consistent, two guys really that's been consistent in what they do on, def on the defensive end has been Tank and has been Osa Odigizua. Both of those guys have flashed tremendously. Sam Williams, where you at? Where you at, baby boy? Now we know that you can get you, 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 you do some other stuff outside the field. Where you at, baby boy? This is your moment where you want to come in and step up and really and be a part of this thing. Where you at? There are a couple of guys who have to kind of show up. And this is the game where you need to show up. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to fall behind two games in a row. Interesting stat. It's a really interesting stat because it's on both sides, of the, both sides of the spectrum. I think I told you guys this before. Maybe not. Sometimes my shows are running into each other, what, what I say and when I say it. But there's been a stat in the National Football League dating back to last season when, you, when teams play the San Francisco 49ers, the game after is a loss. I want to say the last 24 teams out of the 25, the last 25 teams that played the San Francisco 49ers Win, lose, or draw. The next game, 24 of them have lost. The only winner, the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. There is something about playing the Niners that just wears you out physically that it impacts your next game. You're still licking your wounds. I still think some of the Cowboys are licking their wounds. Another interesting stat. The Cowboys, let me fix my mic. The Cowboys, historically, since the, the, the coming of Pauls, Dak Prescott, have not lost back-to-back -back games. So whatever the quote is, immovable force, uh, whatever that quote is, that thing, something's got to give. Something's got to give. But the Chargers, again, are looking to come into this game and to make a statement. Offensively, there's something brewing there that's not a good brew. It's a brew with a foul stench. There's something brewing there because you can feel the tension. I remember as a kid watching the, the WWE at that time. You watched it. I'm sorry, the WWF at that time. And that you would have a you would have a, a main event happening, and you would have Gorilla Monsoon on the mic, and he come in and he said, the tension's so thick you can cut it with a knife. And that's Taylor's phone going off over there. There's something brewing offensively in the Cowboys locker room. The tension is so thick you can cut it with a knife. I'm talking about Meg the Stallion Thick. Some are saying that they're not happy with the way that Mike McCarthy is calling this offense. Some are calling it old and antiquated. Calling it repetitive. Calling it predictable. Not giving their players opportunities to be at their best. And now trying to figure out how can I get out of my old way thinking, my old way of thinking, and bringing this up into the 2023 way of football is being played. One of the big things that people have been griping about and fussing about and moaning about is when you see there was a chart. I did a show with my boy Jeff Cavanaugh. I believe in the Cowboys. You can check that out every Monday and Friday. Um, but there was a chart, and it talked about the teams who had the most success used motion. And they had this big old chart, and it, it was the Rams, and it was uh, the, the offenses that were the most successful. It was the Rams, and, and it was the Miami, it was the, the Niners. And they were like way up there on this chart of being successful offenses because of simply using pre-snap motion. 
It's a small indicator for the quarterback. It gives you a small advantage. I told you guys that last time. But down here on the low end, the F around to find out low end was the Cowboys who don't do pre-snap motion. And think about it. The one time they did it against the Niners, guess what it resulted in? Touchdown, Cavante Turpin. Because it gives you an advantage when you couple the advantage of having to trail a receiver, having to play him off by three or four yards, and now he gets to run at that defender full speed, any fast? When you Tyreek Hill fast, uh, when, 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 you, when you Brandon Ayuk fast, when you Christian McCaffrey fast, uh, um, when, you're, when you're that type of fast, when you're Kevontae Turpin fast, Brandon Cooks fast, and you got a full head of steam headed out of DB, that old ish meter gets to ringing off the chains. Nobody wants to be on their heels and you at top speed running at me. But the Cowboys have elected to do that. So that then in return has made this offense a little bit stale. When everybody's standing at the same place, stagnant and stationary, guys are too smart now, man. The indicators are too, too much there. All the analytics. Like, every, like, is there analytics? There's video. There's film. There's angles. There's, I, I mean, I was, watching the th I was watching the Thursday night football game the other day. Yesterday. And when you watch it on the network that they show it on Prime, they have two different type of telecasts. And, you, and, and the other telecasts, they were showing you routes, how they were coming and developing, like, as they're happening. I was like, they showed a blitz off the top, and it was just like, it happened as he, before the play even started, like, a, the percentage of the blitz coming from here is this, and it happened. And I was like, we, the technology is out of this world. And then you have the old you have the old school what I like to call that can help your offense out. You can just steal. Not S T E E L E like Terrence Steel. Nah, I mean like five fingers sticky fingers steal. I mean like being a kleptomaniac. I mean like that. I mean literally just turn on the film and go, I like that play. Kyle Shanahan saw a play last week. They had a Sunday night football game. The fighting Dan Campbells. They ran a reverse tight end pass up the sideline for a touchdown to Laporta. Kyle Shanahan stole it five hours later and ran the same play. Five hours later. No practice time. He's sitting back in the room pregame chilling, picking in between his feet, probably scratching his you know what I'm saying? Men, you know how we do. Watching the game, eating bonbons, and said, whoa, look at that play. Rewinded it, put it on, put it on the napkin, and they did a walkthrough in the, in, in, in the, in the, the ballroom at the hotel. Touchdown. Steal. There's nothing wrong with stealing Mike McCarthy. Quarterback, you got to be better. 100%, you got to be better. You got to be better. Even though I've said this before, Dak Prescott has outplayed the expectation. You were a fourth-round pick and a two-time backup to Kellen Moore and Tony Romo. Two injuries happened. You got the job. One rookie of the year. Your story was written. You've been paid. You've shown that you can actually play in this league at a high level. So anything else than that is uncivilized. Now, maybe the offense is kind of handcuffing you, and but at some point in time, as an eight-year vet, you have to have enough gumption and enough nut-dropping to be like, you know what? I'm changing the play. And don't tell me it can't happen because I've seen it happen in every place that I've been. If you're a veteran quarterback that they trust, you can get to the line of scrimmage and call what you want if you see fit. you got to take the reins of this offense. Now, you got to be right. Because you can't get up there all willy-nilly changing the play and be wrong. The receivers, be better. There is no way, and I, K-1, 
can I can say this, and some will say it too. I was a jag in the National Football League. I was just another guy. We'll talk more about that later on this show. But even I, as a jag, if you gave me one-on-one coverage, there was a pride in me as a receiver to saying, hold up, hold up. You think playing me one-on-one is it? Is the thing? No. No. Nope. 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 And I was a jag. CeeDee Lamb, first-round pick. If they're playing you one-on-one, beloved, you you got to eat that. I don't care what the – Mike McCarthy, Brian Schottenheimer – Dak Prescott can call boo-boo in the dirt doo-doo route. If you get to the line of scrimmage and that man is playing you single high man-to-man, I don't care what the route is. I don't care what depth it is. You got to win that route. I I played with Chad Ochocinco, and I used to hear Chad beg a man to come play him one-on-one, playing man-to-man coverage, and Chad would tell him the route. Hey, I'm about to run this 12-yard card, this 12-yard curl. Come stand right here. No, I'm running the curl, 12 yards. He, man to man, you ain't have a chance. I'm running a 12-yard curl, and he run it, and they completed. There's no way they should be able to play man to man against CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and, 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 and Michael Gallup. That, that is a disgrace to the position. Any receiver will tell you, one-on-one? The Niners said, we ain't even going to do all other stuff. We're just going to play man-to-man. Couldn't separate. Guess what's going to happen? More teams going to feel like they can do that to you. And if they can do that to you, that's it. But the one thing I do want to discuss, it's kind of a little, you know, I could be a little bit messy every now and again, but this whole CD land, I, I, I'm not going to keep saying I told y'all, but I told y'all. Told y'all four or five, maybe a month ago, about CD Lamb, his body, I said his body language is off. Then he made a comment in, 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 the, in the media where he said, he talked about the red zone issues, and he said, just give me the ball. To y'all, it was just like, yeah, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying, bro. To me, I was like, Oh, I know what that means. I know what that means. That, that's 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 different. That's that's it's something deeper than that. And I just said, I said, I told y'all that I said, just just watch. Just watch. And sure enough, week after week after week, you saw his antics on the field, you saw his complaining on the field, you saw him on the sidelines, and he tried to come out and say, like, I'm always like that, that's just how I am. No, you're not. No, you're not. You ain't. You smiling. You got them good teeth. The dentist right here in Dallas. Good dentist. Black dude. You got the good joints. You ain't show none of the the bicuspis. None of that. You got you got you got the twenty thirty thousand dollar joints. The good ones too. You ain't get to get. You ain't get to get the buck teeth. You ain't get the chicklets. You got the good. You got the good joints. And you used to be showing them all over. You used to be dancing on the sideline. And you was cheesing, as my grandma said, like a Chester cat. For the last four weeks, you ain't been doing nothing but pouting. I ain't seen you smile. I ain't seen you che- I ain't seen them. The dentist is looking for his promo. I ain't seen it one time. I ain't seen you over there chuckling. You scored a touchdown and didn't even smile. And then the comments come out in the, in the paper and you... You know, they ask, what's the identity of this team, CD? I don't know. I don't know. Everything is just one answer, one word answer. Then the comments come out today. The Cowboys spoke for the first time. The, the Stars spoke for the first time um, today. And I kind of just want to go through the CD Lamb quotes. And CD said, I had time to self-reflect and I didn't go the best route to get my end result. But at the end of the day, I, got, I have a job to do and I want to contribute to this team. So I do everything in my power week in and week out to do that. Yeah, people try to read my body language. 
Because they swear that they know me. I don't know any of them. If you watch me, I'm always by myself. Pre-game, I'm always by myself. When I'm on the sideline, I'm by myself. It gives me time to think. Every time I'm on the field, I don't have time to think. So on the sidelines, when I'm talking to my guys, I'm, I'm not thinking. I'm just having a great conversation. So when things go bad, I have to reflect on what's going on. I have to see what's going on. As a competitor, I like to win first and foremost. I don't care how that looks. I'm an ultimate competitor. I do everything in my power for my team, for my guys, and they know this. It is nothing that's ever personal. It's all for the better. I want to win. I want to be a contribute. I want to contribute. I want to win. I want to contribute. See, that's the whole thing. I want to win. I want to contribute. Mike Gallup said, I just want to win. I want to win. I want to contribute. Point blank, period. Now, this is City saying what Dak said to him. He told me if I have a problem with him, with anything, to, to go up to him and talk about it. And that he doesn't care how it looks in the media. But... Uh, but the media, is going to, the media is going to do what it does anyway. If I stay by myself, it's a problem. If I go talk to him uh, and move my hands around a little bit, it's a problem, right? So at the end of the day, it's just about getting down to the nitty-gritty, understood and getting on the same page. And we didn't have – we did not – we did that on the first day back after the Niners. As Dak – excuse me, that CD talking about him and Dak, their relationship. And then the last quote was, I have a long way to go, my brother, a long way to go. But I promise, I promise you I'm fine and can't wait to play Monday. Now, I look at those comments and I'm telling y'all I'm, I'm not being messy. I'm not. But this is why I say that there are some things because Dak then came out and said, I mean, a frustrated player person that feels like we all could have done better and feels like he can change the game. I understand it. I really do. So in the sense of just communicating with him, CD is a guy that I'll never lose confidence in and trust who he is and understand why he's frustrated. But if Dak is saying that he understands and he knows CD and why he would be frustrated, but then CD says Dak had to approach him and ask him if there was a problem and if there was a problem that he could always come up to him and talk to him. Again, guys, I'm not trying to be messy. But they're both trying to say the right thing in front of the media. But for whatever reason, the right thing is not happening between them. Because I look at me and my friends, if this is supposed to be a brotherhood or friendship, remember they went to Atlanta this offseason and they had the Navy SEALs come out and they were doing mental, 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 mental strength training. And these are guys who had a reputation, uh, a, excuse me, a relationship prior to that's gotten CD to the point where I believe that he was getting ready to take the next step to send off. He was going to NASA. It was going to be in that elite conversation with the receivers that I talked about before. The Tyreek Hill, the Justin Jeffersons of the world, the Jamar Tates of the world. So if they're having this converse, they're having this miscommunication now, what's the reason? Why is that? Now I hope that it's figured out for all of our sakes, for their sake, for the Cowboys' sake. I get it. CD's a little bit frustrated. CD's like, hey, bro, you got the money already. You got your bag, and you got $61 million waiting for you next year, Dak Prescott. Either they're going to give you an extension, or you're going to be $61 million richer with all your other endorsements. But I'm still playing on this rookie deal. Yeah, I got some endorsements. But at the end of the day, see, this is where the frustration comes in. At the end of the day, you playing with my money. Damn the friendship. My money is tied to my numbers. My bread is tied to my production. No production, no bread. No numbers, no commas. So when you see CD walking around here frustrated, 
at whoever or whatever, oh, it's tied to the bank. Rightfully so, might I add. You don't play this game for the love. You got to love to play it. But at this level, you play this game for the cheddar. And CD is on deck for the cheddar. If the numbers say so. The salary cap is going up every single year. Tyreek Hill is leading the wide receiver group with making around $30 million a year. There's a group of guys who are making that $28, $27, $30 million a year uh, 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 money. And CD's saying, I want to be in that number. See, because next year, Tyreek Hill's deal is going to be a bargain when the salary cap goes up. So he's saying if, if Tyreek is at the top at 30 and next year his deal is not going to be a bargain, then I need to be in that $30 million a year range. Again, respectfully, rightfully so. But that's where the, that's where the, fra- the friction is coming from between the two. And when you hear these comments, I hear comments between two players who at one point in time we thought had this airtight kind of bonding relationship that right now don't seem like it's where it's supposed to be. Winning helps. Winning helps. And when you lose, you know, when you lose two out of the last three games, and I'm not getting my numbers. Whew. All hell gonna break loose. All hell gonna break loose. But the great thing about this, they have an opportunity this week to go out there and get revenge. Ah, not revenge. But get back on track. But just know that Kellen Moore is looking at this game and saying, Y'all didn't want me there. Mike McCarthy didn't want me there. He wanted to have full control of the offense. I get it. I understand it. But he going to say, he going to have, gonna have his iPad like Michael Jordan say, well, and I took that personal. He going to get in his Dion bag and go, we took that personal. So I hope the Cowboys are understanding that this game is going to be personal and to show up that way this time in California. And not worry about making it personal after the game. I need to see the Cowboys bounce back. It's going to be an interesting, interesting game. I got to be honest with y'all. Last week did something to me. I'm still licking my wounds. And I don't feel I don't feel confident in, in picking the Cowboys to win this football game. I don't. I don't. I, they, 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 have some, they have some internal things that's brewing. I told y'all, it stinks. And, and, and until they get a handle on that, this thing is, this thing is, it, 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 there, is a, there is a bubble that is forming. Fingers are about to start getting pointed with another loss. So I'll tell y'all my pick after we go through around the NFL. I'll get my NFL picks in right here. We'll breeze through this. Last night, the Broncos took on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos are so bad. I do have an interesting Russell Wilson story. I'm going to get into that next week. A very interesting story that may give you a little bit more perspective and maybe just a little bit of sympathy for Russ and what he's going through and why he's probably playing the way that he's playing. I don't have time for it tonight. I'll get into it next week. But Chiefs. Took on the Broncos. They beat them 19-18. I know that we didn't give we didn't give uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy a lot of credit. Some didn't. I didn't. But I gave him credit about being the offense coordinator, the creation of this play. This offense has they've won. They're five and one. They lost to the the, the fighting Dan Campbell early in the year. This offense is severely suffering. They're getting by. They're getting by. But this offense this this offense doesn't have the same feel as it did a year ago. Or in the past in general, this Kansas City, Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs offense. Now, when you have a real Superman at the quarterback, got to just win by one point. Got to win by one point. If, if they go and win a Super Bowl again, guess what's going to happen? No one's ever going to look back and go, man, 19-8, they beat the Denver Broncos. No, they just won. That's all you care about at the end of the day. But this offense doesn't look like as potent as it did when Eric Bieniemy was around. 
Uh, okay. Ravens, Titans, that'll be the Sunday night football game. Um, yeah, Sunday night football game. Yes. London. London game. Oh, L- excuse me, London game. That's right, 8 a.m. I-, I read it wrong. It's 8 a.m. in London. They're going to be abroad. A Boy, poor Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, you couldn't ask for Lamar Jackson to play a better game than he played last week. Eight drops by receivers. At least three of them would have been touchdowns. That's tough. And people want to kind of get on Lamar's back and say, they, is he worth the money? Is he not a passer? Is he this? Is he that? Hell, he can't snap the ball to himself and, and throw the ball and catch the ball too. You sign these guys, Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. Funny thing that uh, that, that that Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback, his, his dad used to play for Pittsburgh. Joey Porter Jr., at the end of the game, he uh, uh, one of the games he hit was guarding Odell Beckham. And they threw it, he intercepted it to end the game. And he goes, I locked his old up. I like that. I like when the young DB talk trash to, to, the, to the older guys. But he did. He did lock Odell back and up and knew the route was coming. Uh, I got the Ravens beating the Titans in London at Tottenham Stadium. Commanders, Falcons need to have a bounce back game for the Commanders. I, I like this Commanders team. It's a feisty team, and I want Eric Bieniemy to succeed because I want Eric Bieniemy to be a head coach. So, Commanders beat the Falcons in Atlanta. The Vikings, the one and four Vikings, and the one and four Bears. This is for the Vikings. I think this is the fire sale game. You lose this game and you go one and five. I think they start looking to move pieces, starting with their quarterback. Bye bye, Kirk Cousins, and he, he may find himself. He may find himself in Atlanta. Tread deadline is coming up, uh, but this is a game where if the Vikings lose this game, I, I can start seeing pieces being moved from that team. Three and one, Seattle against two and three, the Bengals. Talks are that Joe Burrow's finally getting healthy from the from the calf injury. I think the Bengals are still a dangerous team. They're like a Bengal, like waiting in the like they're creeping up on y'all. And if they get this thing together. Who knows? Jamar Chase is still, still really good, still really good. I got the Bengals beating the Seahawks at uh, at home. Niners and Brown Browns will not have Deshaun Watson still dealing with the shoulder injury. I don't think there's any football team. If you put two football teams together right now, and I think if you put the Browns and the Texans together right now as a team, they could not beat the Niners. I I believe that. I stand on that. If you put the Browns if you put the Browns and the Panthers together, they can't beat. If you put their teams together as one and made a 53-man roster with those two teams, they can't beat the Niners right now. That's how good the Niners team are. I got the Niners beating the beating beating the Browns. Uh, the Dolphins. Oh, I'm sorry. The Dolphins four and one taking on the North Carolina. The what is it? The Carolina North Carolina. The <laughs> the Carolina Panthers. Dolphins route the Panthers. They go to zero and six. Dolphins move to five and one. Jags, Colts, no. Uh, Anthony Richardson, he'll be out on IR with the shoulder injury. Gardner Minshew is in. Minshew Mania is in there. But I think T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, and company takes that game in Jacksonville. Duval. Jacksonville wins that game. Saints, Texans, I am rooting for C.J. Stroud. I like him. I like his leadership. I like what he says. I like his makeup. I like D'Amico Ryans. I like his makeup. I think his energy is good for a young football team. Give me the Texans over the Saints in Houston. Patriots and Raiders pack Bill up, but I'm never going to ever, 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 ever in my life ever cheer for Jock McDaniels to win a game. I think he should not be a head coach. I think he should have never been. Maybe not never. I think he definitely shouldn't be a head coach now, and they keep giving him jobs. I'm never cheering for the Raiders as long as Josh McDaniels is their coach. Give me the sorry pats over the Raiders. Cardinals, Rams. Cardinals are a spicy football team. They're, they're, the way that they play doesn't, their record doesn't indicate the way that they play. They're one in four. Guess what that one win was? Cowboys. They take on the Rams. Matthew Stafford gets back his other favorite target and Cooper Cup for the second week. Puka Nakua is still on fire. I think they go out and beat uh, the Rams. Jets, Eagles, 325 game. The Eagles will be without their two, well, really one starter. Jalen Carter plays a little bit of both. But Jalen Carter will be out with an ankle injury. Darius Slay will be out with an injury. The 
Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the history of them playing. They played 12 times in NFL history. The Jets have never beat the Eagles. It'll be 13-0 after this week. Jets moved uh, Jets moved to three and two and sorry, two and four. Eagles moved to six and zero. Oh. The Motor City Dan Campbells. I'm a fan. Jared Goff quietly is playing some of the best football in his career. He's kind of creeping up that MVP talk. He is. He's, uh, he's, he's moving up in there. David Montgomery is playing well. Dan Campbell has his football team playing some feisty football, man. I like this team. They're heading to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. I think they win that game. Give me the fighting Dan Campbells. The Bills and Giants. The Giants will be out. Uh, will be without Daniel Jones. Remember on Life when uh, when Eddie Murphy and Goldmouth was at the lunch table? And Eddie was like, man, I ain't giving up my cornbread. You, Goldmouth, you can't have my cornbread. No, 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 no. And Goldmouth took him outside and beat the brakes off of him. And then the OG said, all right, now, Goldmouth. A man's had enough. Pick him up. Take him on inside. That's what happened to Daniel Jones. They said, all right, Daniel Jones. That man took enough of a beating. Pick him on up. Take him inside. Daniel Jones would be out with, I believe, a neck injury. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm not laughing at Daniel Jones. I promise y'all I'm not laughing at Daniel Jones. I'm laughing at, I think Brian Dayball hates, I think he hates, I think he hates Daniel Jones. The way he lets him continue to get beat up in games, and then Evan Neal doesn't help. Didn't help Evan Neal at all. That's why they booing you. Daniel Jones will be out. Give me the Bills winning that game. Monday night football. Dun, dun, dun. Cowboys Chargers. So far. Yeah, I, I, I'm not picking the Cowboys to win this game, guys. I, I just think, I just think, I'm not, I'm not picking the Cowboys to win this game. Give me Chargers at home. 28. 23 Chargers win this football game. We go into the bye with a lot of questions still unanswered for the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of finger pointing going into the bye. But we shall see. We, we shall see what happens. But I want to revisit that Thursday night football game. Uh, last night, the Kansas City Chiefs, Thursday night, the Kansas City Chiefs took on the Denver Broncos. And in that game, the great one, and one of my favorite receivers, the, 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 the mighty mouse, Steve Smith. He had a kind of, it went back to a topic that I had a week ago. Is the media being too harsh? Are players being a little bit too sensitive? Being a little sensitive? Or is the media being a little bit too harsh? Well, that was on display last night as well. Steve Smith Sr. was on the NFL Network doing hits hit for the game. And then he had a little run-in with wide receiver of the Denver Broncos, Jerry Judy. Now, let me give you the backstory. The backstory is in on Steve Smith's podcast, earlier in the year, he had made some comments about Jerry Judy. And he said that Jerry Judy wasn't performing up to his standard and was kind of, you know, critiquing his game and said, he right now he's playing like a Jag. And I don't mean a Jacksonville Jaguar. If you do not know what a Jag means, a Jag means just another guy. Now, surely, Jerry Judy couldn't be a Jag. Why? Jerry Judy in 2020 was drafted number 15 overall pick in the first round by the Denver Broncos. You don't draft Jags at number 15 in the NFL draft. I mean, you don't draft Jags in front of guys like Brandon Ayuk. You don't draft Jags in front of guys like T. Higgins. You don't draft Jags in front of guys uh, like C.D. Lamb. You don't draft Jags in front of guys like Justin Jefferson. You just don't. You just don't. You draft a guy that high in front of all of those talented players because that dude is supposed to be a dude. Not a Jag. The Jags reserved for me. I'll take that. I will wear, I will put the crown on. Just know for those of you that are laughing, Taylor in general, I'll wear the crown of the Jag. 
you're not better than me. So if I'm a Jag, just want to put that out there. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, but Jerry Judy is not, a, he's not supposed to be a Jag. But leading up until this is fourth year in the fourth year in the league, he's hasn't had a thousand yard receiving season. You think a guy who's fifteen and the only guy that was drafted before him is now in jail. They both came from Alabama. But his highest receiving sixty seven catches in the season yardage nine seventy two, so close to a thousand, but not a thousand. And that's kind of the mark of a receiver. You want to you want to hit the thousand yard rusher. You want to be a thousand yard receiver. But Steve Smith said some things about Jerry Judy, and he said, you know what? Maybe I was a bit harsh. Maybe I said some things on my podcast that maybe were a little bit over the top about Jerry Judy. So now that I have a chance to speak to this man face-to-face, man-to-man, brother-to-brother, receiver-to-receiver, alpha-to-alpha, dude-to-dude, I'm going to talk to him and I'm I'm going to offer my sincere apologies for the things that I said. Well, when Steve Smith went to approach Jerry Judy about... What he said, his response was this. You can insert the video right here. Maybe. His response was this. He said that I was going to talk to Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy said to me, Steve Smith's words, he said, Ninja, you know what the ninja means. Y'all not going to get my page pulled. Ninja, I don't F with you like that. And Steve was like, I'm just coming to... He said, Ninja, I don't F with you like that. So then Steve Smith went on to obliterate him and says, Yeah, you... And when teams call me and ask me about Jerry Judy, I'm going to tell them, no, don't trade for Jerry Judy. He is a uh, mentally unstable person that can't take cr- constructive criticism um, uh, from a guy who is a uh, who was a first-round pick, who's not productive, who the Broncos are eventually going to move on from. He's a third-tier, te- third third-tier wide receiver. Fifteenth number overall pick, fifteenth pick in twenty twenty draft. Steve Smith called him third tier receiver. So I don't know. It goes back to my: Are dudes sensitive? Are they Erica Badu? I'm sensitive about my. Can they not take constructive criticism? Does it coming from a former player not mean more than it coming from just another dude on the internet? I mean, Steve Smith does have the stripes. And by the way, by the way. Don't know you that well, Jerry Judy. I know Steve Smith for some time. Might not, but may not be the dude you want to get into a uh, to a kerfuffle with. May not be the dude you want to have. You know what I'm saying? Fisticuffs. Just saying. Has a track record. I know. I know the young kids. Y'all fool around with them blickies. Y'all fool around with the blickies. I get it. Steve Smith put his hands on you. Might not be. I, I'm not. I don't promote violence, but I'm just saying, Steve Smith. Put his hands on you. You don't. You might not want that fight, but it. But I, I will say this as well. Here's the thing that we also have to understand: executives, people who are in these networks and signing these former players, former player right here. We have to understand what you're signing up for. For the majority of all these former players' lives, they have been trained and programmed to play this very violent sport called football. Very violent sport. You have to have a level of confidence. Have to have a level of 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 courage a level of arrogance, a little bit of cockiness in there, and, and, and just all out trying to be as real as you possibly can to play this game. And then what's happening now is these guys are getting microphones like this one, and they're putting them in front of the face, and they're putting them on national TV, and they're saying, hey, watch film, critique, be critical, give us the breakdown, da 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 And what's happening is a lot of these guys, the, the, the executives want them to have their words eloquently broken down and give it to you as softly as you possibly can. But some of these guys, when they watch a dude and he's trash on film, they're going to say, they're not going to say, well, when I evaluated him on film, I thought that there could have been a much better effort. There was a lackluster performance and his performance wasn't up to the swellness of what we look for. Now nah, they're going to say, that dude was trash. Now I get it. May not be professional. Some of them don't know how to be all the time. 
But I think that's what you signed up for. You signed up for the unfiltered version of it. That's what they give you. Some of the execs may love it. Some of the fans may not love it, but understand one way or another, this is who they are at the core. When you talk about a game that they love, that has changed their lives, that have fed their families, that have bought their houses, that have given them uh, uh, generational wealth, this is how they see it. And so sometimes they're going to give it to you just raw and uncut. May not be right, but that's what they know and that's what you signed up for. But we'll see. Keeping down the spicy line, the other night, Bryce Harper had two home runs in the game, but it wasn't the two home runs in the game that he had. Go back to the game before that. Bryce Harper kind of did some pretty poor base running, got thrown out at first, and it ended the game for the Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. And during that time, one of the Atlanta Braves players, give me his last name again, Arcia. Arcia, who doesn't even speak English. Secretly does. Publicly doesn't. Publicly doesn't, secretly does. I've seen all those interviews and I'm like, this dude never speaks English. So, so, but anyway, in the locker room, after that happened, Arcia is reported of saying, attaboy Bryce, for Bryce overrunning first base and not getting back and being thrown out. Well, somehow, some way, reporter took that. By the way, we'll get more to that. I'm going to have a guest, a special guest next week. We'll talk more about the clubhouse confidentiality in baseball, which is more sacred than any other sport that I've been around. But it got out, and it got back to Bryce. And boy, those great players, the Jordans of the worlds, the Kobe's of the worlds, the Bryce Harper's of the world, they're always looking. And someone asked me, they said, well, was Bryce not going to play hard if he didn't hear what Arcia what, what said? I don't know. But I know the greats are always looking for that competitive edge. He looked at me. He did something to me. And it became personal. Bryce Harper found his personal. And when he found his personal, it turned into the tune of not one, but two home runs. Ultimately, the Phillies took out the Atlanta Braves to advance to the NLCS. And to who are they playing? Uh, Arizona. Arizona Diamondbacks, that's right. But in the second home run, this was spicy. As Bryce Harper is rounding first and getting close to second, who's standing there? Arcia. And Bryce Harper gives him the stare down. Salt and Pepper says if looks can kill, you must be an Uzi. Ooh. Bryce gave him the stare down of all stare downs as he was rounding second. I love it. Then he got to home plate and he said, He did this face too. He said, I love good spicy. And Bryce Harper's always been a spicy dude. Like he's always been a, but that's the greats, man. Like that is the greats. I, I don't, I'm never. I'm all for spicy and arrogant and, and, and confident and loquacious and all that stuff if you hoop it. Now, if you Jerry Judy in it, I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm being, I'm sorry, Jerry Judy. But if you're Jerry Judy in it, then you can't be spicy. If you jagging it up, you can't be spicy. You, 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 you knock out two dingers. You are the spice of life. A little bit of NBA before we get up out of here, man. James Harden, the disgruntled 76ers. James has been, I think feel like James has been disgruntled the last three situations he's been in. But when he's not in the strip club and he's not at Lil Baby's house, is it Lil Baby or the Baby? Lil Baby. When he's not at Lil Baby house and he's not in the strip club, he's actually playing basketball. Am I being the media member that's being harsh? Sorry. James loves a strip club now. Not my cup of tea. But James Harden finally co comes out, speaks publicly, 
If you don't know, James had this feud this offseason with Daryl Morey. Morey. Now, they had a good relationship when he was in Houston. He brought him to to Philadelphia, but it's just not working out. And so in his first public comment since rejoining the Philadelphia 76ers last week, James Harden told reporters after Friday practice he continues to see no way, no way his relationship with Daryl Morey can be repaired while also saying his plan is to play. Yes, for sure. No, Harden said flatly. When asked directly whether he thought things could be patched up with Maury. This is not even about this situation. This is in life. So this ain't got nothing to do with basketball. This bigger than hoops. James said, you can't even patch basketball. Forget basketball. As the young kids say, this, this, this. This on BD them, on God them. This on life. James is standing on business. Holy moly, guacamole. James said, not just in this situation, in life. When you lose trust in someone, it's like marriage. You lose trust in someone, you know what I mean. It's pretty simple. Hard made a point to never say Maury's name and Friday's only referring to him as the front office. James is so spicy. When you only want to say the name is him. Who the hell is him? <laughs> I watch a lot like I like comedy, like remember Preston Soul Bernie Mac when he was like him downstairs. Who the hell is him? Anyway. Um so it doesn't look like this thing's gonna get worked out. But James said me. And the front office, meaning Daryl Morey, had a very, very good relationship for for a decade, Harden said. There was constant communication. You know what I mean? This was no communication once we lost. So it looks like James Harden and Daryl, and I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out in Philadelphia because James, we've seen James show up in a fat suit. Now the reports have said that James showed up in great shape. He's playing ball. I don't know how this is going to work out, but James seems to be willing to force his way, wanting to force his way out of Philadelphia. Eventually, this will affect this will affect Joel Embiid. This will affect the coach. It will affect players. It will trickle down, and eventually, something will have to be done. They may sit him. They may do one of the like like the Knicks did Stephon Marbury back in the day. Remember, they Knicks said just just go away, and Stephon was <laughs> the Knicks owed Stephon Marbury like twenty five million dollars. They told Stephon Marbury, just go. Just go away. What did Stephon Marbury do? He bought courtside seats. So Stephon Marbury went and bought courtside seats at the Garden the next game for a team that he was actually supposed to be playing on that they told him to go away. He came in as a fan. These NBA dudes is different, man. They different. All right, and I'll get out of here on this one. Told y'all I'm never going to do a show not mentioned in prime time. Uh... When you see this show, whenever you see it tomorrow, I'm hoping the Buffs win. They're playing uh, Stanford tonight. They'll probably win that game. Uh, but Dion is always in selling mode. Always in selling mode. Always trying to close the deal. He recently came out. There was an Atlanta Falcon scout at practice. If you know anything about Dion, Dion started his football career as an Atlanta Falcon, was drafted there uh, back in a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Uh, and Dion, you know, Famously said, I'm going to act for so much money, they got to put me on layaway to, to, to different teams. But uh, Dion had the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons scout at practice, and he said, he told Atlanta scout, listen, when you go back, when you go back to, to ownership, uh, tell them that the next time you ain't coming back unless you bring in the Sanders boys. Boys. Not boy. Not Sanders kid. Sanders boys. Dion trying to package Shador and Shiloh to the Falcons. Now, most people believe that Shador, Shador, this is the Shador, that Shador is probably going to be, if he decides to come out this year, now the ultimate report, Dion said neither one of y'all leaving. Both of y'all coming back next year. We got to build a program. But if Shador comes out this year, he'll be somewhere, maybe a top five pick. Depending on how Caleb Williams comes out, what Drake May does, that we'll see. But 
projected to be probably a top five pick. Don't know where Shiloh will be drafted at. I don't know if he's going to be a first-day pick or second-day pick, third-day pick. I don't know. But Deion seems like right now he's trying to package the Sanders boys like LeVar Ball, never lost. Package his boys to the Atlanta Falcons. I got to admit, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not mad at that. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I might concede and go, okay, we'll go and get Shador, Shador in the first round, and then we'll come back later on and pick up Shiloh. It'll be great for marketing. You might even get NFL hard knocks. You'll get more marketings coming your way. Because if you get Shiloh and Shador, from now on, whenever I say Shador, I got to put the watch up. Shador, it's great for marketing, great for business. Great for business. And they go back to where their daddy started. Man, that's a, that's, a, that's a script. That's a script for you right there. But we'll see. Hopefully, because I'm, I'm an alumni of Colorado, um, honorary alumni, of the Colorado Buffaloes, go Buffs, uh, and go Heels. But go Heels first, then go Buffs. Uh, they played Stanford tonight. We'll see how that ends. All right, man, I'm up out of here. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. I really do appreciate it. I love you guys so much. Remember, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Give me three listens for 15 minutes. I'm uh, Mr. Fourth Along on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter. Holler at me. Go Spotify, Apple, download it, leave a five-star comment. Do all that you got to do to help me get my Shador. I want a Shador. Shador. Sh I'm not going to get a Shador, but I want to do that every time I say that name. Thank you guys so, so much, man. I love each and every one of you. Remember, don't let your job be your life because they'll kill you and then hire somebody else in seven days. And I promise you, your loved ones can't hug thoughts and prayers. Your loved ones can't laugh with thoughts and prayers. Your loved ones can't chill with thoughts and prayers. Your babies can't be raised by thoughts and prayers. So take care of yourself. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it is your life. Eliminate the contingencies. I love you.